for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Wow, praise God. Yeah, we have notes. Great. If you need notes, welcome, Steve. I don't know if we've met, but have you been here before we met? Oh, you've been. Okay. Hi. <laughs> Glad. I felt though I saw a wave of the Spirit moving across the room, and uh, it was really, thank you, Kyle, for cooperating with the Spirit. I uh, did not uh, want to, inter- I almost interrupted you, and thank you for not letting me interrupt you. Um, because what I found myself doing was this classic religious thing where it's like, if you haven't repented of something, raise your hand. And I was like, well, I can't think of anything. And besides, I'm a pastor, so I shouldn't raise my hand anyway. And all of this stuff. And then I saw this wave come across. And I was like, I just want in on the wave. I just want to get on the surfboard. Then the Holy Spirit said, Glenn, I cleanse of secret faults. Okay, so that's what I was going to say is as you dive in, when you sent something corporate, it, you know, I'm like, thank you, Lord, because he will surprise you. He surprises me by bringing up stuff. I'm like, I didn't know that was there. That's selfish ambition. That's. And a lot of times it's when I'm fasting. It's like, whoa, you know, it's like, it's painful. And he's like, oh, look at that. I'm like, oh, that's horrible. I'm like disgusted with that. So let's step into those kind of things. Before I share, I have, um, Scripture says we overcome by the word of the, the, the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And then this part really helped me during COVID. And we love not our lives to the death. Figure, think on that. I was like, oh, wait, I can't live in all this fear. But I want to have a couple of testimonies because testimonies build our faith, okay? So um, let's see, Melinda, could you come up? This is Melinda Dade. Melinda has, let's welcome her. She's got, she emailed something right in the middle of our prayer meeting on uh, Tuesday. I was like, oh, man, this is great. So can you share? Yeah, absolutely. Is it on? I don't know. It should be. Um, You'll get there. Hi, everybody. Um, I started coming in mid-December, so I look forward to meeting uh, more of you as time goes on. Um, In January 2nd, I fell and slipped on a slippery sidewalk, and I um, fractured my radial head of my arm. And um, that next week, I came here, and I had several people pray for me. And I just want to give glory to God because um, the scripture says in Mark 16 that the signs of the believers are that they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And um, when those people prayed for me, I mean, I just felt the heat just radiate through my elbow. And it was amazing. And I told the people that prayed for me, I said, I'm going to the doctor on Tuesday and I'm going to get a positive report and I'm going to be able to take off this sling and I'm going to be healed. And my next uh, Sunday, I'm going to be able to raise my hand in worship. And um, I did. I went to the doctor, and they told me I could get out of my sling, and they said, start moving that arm. So um, I'm just here today to let you know that as I talked with my physical therapist and my doctor, they mentioned that, you know, likely a full recovery was not 
as probable, you know, that many people had like a 10% or 10 degree uh, range of motion issue. Well, um, they saw me recover quicker and faster than they had seen. And um, when I went to the doctor, he's like, put out your arm. And I was like, Whoosh. and and I could turn it and everything like that. And he goes, you are healed. <laughs> so, a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent. So, and I just, I want to encourage you, if you pray for healing, um, it might not happen immediately, but that doesn't mean God's word is not true, and it is true, and it just takes its time. So, thank you so much. And and she get she sent that email right in the middle of our Tuesday prayer meeting, and then the, our whole prayer group. You know, what we started praying. We started praying that people who'd had ninety percent healing would go to a hundred percent healing. Did you hear hear that? Okay, so when it a lot of times we go, oh well, good. I'm I've got like a Darby would, you know, how's your pain? Well, it's from an eight to a three. And she's like, well, let's pray to get all of it done. Okay, that's the kind of thing that that testimony helps us to. Don't settle for 90% when Jesus gave 100%. Amen. Uh, now, we have a guest today. This is uh, uh, Micah Gonzalez's mom. This is Micah and Lorena's parents. This is Linda Gonzalez, and she shared this at our morning prayer. And I put her on the spot. So here we go. Are you able to get her little picture? This is, yes, we're going to get her picture up. This is Linda Gonzalez. Amen. Good morning. I just wanted to give God the glory. Um, I have a couple that's in our life group, and their granddaughter uh, was found in the, in the bathtub. Um, she had drowned. And so we began to pray, and God, there she is, sweet baby girl. What's her name? She's the same. Her name is Hensley. Hensley. Hensley, Hensley Zachary, and uh, same age as my grandson. And so we began to pray. I texted as many people as possible, texted Mike and Lorena and uh, Lorena's mom and said, pray. And people were texting me, does she have a pulse? Does she have a, a heartbeat or anything like that? And I said, just pray in the spirit. Just believe God. He is more than able to resurrect her. And so she, she drowned Wednesday night. Friday morning, she went home. Healthy and whole and perfect, no brain damage, no water in her lungs. They did MRIs. They had uh, neurosurgeons in there, and uh, she's perfect and healthy and whole. She was dead. She was had drowned in the bathtub. And this is a side note. If you're a parent, never, 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 never walk away from your child in the bathtub ever for a second. And so um, she had drowned, but God was able to resurrect her healthy and whole and perfect. And God completes what he starts. He doesn't just heal you partially. He heals you perfectly and whole. And, you know, she was born premature. The devil's tried to take her out twice. So I'm, I'm excited to see what God's going to do with her life, you know. Can you just pray for all uh, those who have children in whatever state for, for full health? If anybody's concerned about health of your children. I, gotta make yes. I, learned, to, I learned to do this. You jump on stuff, okay? And like, things are happening. I'm like, I want in on that, okay? Thank you. 
Father, thank you for life, Lord. I thank you for the children of this house, Lord God. I thank you for the children of the house that are going to hear your voice from an early age, Lord. That they'll not turn to the right nor to the left, but they'll seek your face all the days of their life, and great shall be their peace. So I thank you for life. I thank you for godly parents in this house who are not afraid to stand for you, Lord. I release your blessing over their lives, over their children, over their grandchildren, Lord, over the generations, Lord, that they will seek your face. And Father, I pray for this house that the fire of the Lord will come upon this place, Lord God, that your presence will overshadow it, Lord, that your, pre- your presence will come in like a rushing wind, Lord. I thank you for life. I thank you for blessing these families, Lord God, for their children and their grandchildren, Lord, a great awakening, Lord, great awakening of your presence, Lord, as they taste and see that you are good, Lord. You're a healer, you're a deliverer, Lord. You are our life, Lord. So we're grateful to you, and we give you all the glory, Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you so much. Wow. Wow. Mm. I also had the impression as you were praying, Linda, for those who haven't had children yet, who aren't even married yet, pray. Start sowing those seeds for your children to grow up and and walk in, in wisdom and stature in favor with God in favor with man. Amen. Amen. Well, someone asked me a couple weeks ago, why do you, are you okay? You're sitting on a stool, like are you feeling all right? And I'm like, yes, I'm feeling all right. I feel great. I just, it just helps me to kind of stay tethered and then I get excited and get up, but it just kind of helps me. So just know that's kind of where I'm kind of stepping into these days. Um, I do want to share some thoughts on the outpouring at Asbury University and just what's happening in the in the our nation today. I saw this and sensed this a number of months ago, really, that the, as the darkness is getting darker, I, I, I know this about the kingdom of God. It's like a pendulum that the Lord will will allow when you see things swing one way. The Lord in heaven is like, I'm not going to keep letting that get darker and darker. And I'm not going to keep letting Gen Z and others going into suicidal thoughts and deep despair. And so there's a kingdom dynamic where the pendulum, God causes the pendulum to swing back to light, to righteousness, to a move of God. And I believe... I'm not saying I'm so excited, but I was thinking, you know, coming out of four years of COVID lockdowns, I started knowing something was really messed up when they were shutting down churches, but letting liquor stores and pot dispensaries stay open. I started thinking something, there's darkness behind this. When you had to wear a mask everywhere, except when you were burning down a post office or robbing a department store or turning over a police car, I started that this is messed up. And as woke started exploding, it was like this pendulum was going this way, the sexualization of children, and it was like, the Lord's like, no. Once these masks come off and people are gathering, I'm going to pour out my spirit in greater and greater ways. So that's what we're seeing is God in heaven 
saying enough is enough in a lot of this. And so for him, he who has ears to hear, let's hear and let's be, cooperate with this righteous pendulum swing. And at Asbury University, throughout others, that uh, Sunday night, February 12th, friend of our house here, Mike Failauer, who pastors New Life Church down in Corpus Christi, he sent uh, Nate and I, Pastor Nate and I, these, uh, this text, and uh, he just texted to us, right? You got it, right? And, and uh, it said, I didn't, I didn't have my phone here, but it basically said, uh, hundreds receive, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And then he showed some pictures, okay? Hundreds receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, spontaneous water baptisms, and a lady, what was it, blind in one eye, got healed. And I'm like, okay, there's a brush fire. Asbury University is a brush fire. And someone sent, I saw a Baylor thing because I'm a Baylor grad. But when we would win a game, they'd light the tower green. So they send it out of, of, of all the Baylor students praying. And, and there's a big revival move at, uh, at Baylor campus. And so I went ahead and texted it. I said, the light is green, the tower's green, because we read the end of the book, and Jesus wins. Okay, that means nothing to you maybe, but Baylor people got it. You know, they're like, yeah, because it means victory. But, uh, but so that's that one, and then <clears throat> the next one is of baptisms. That, that was happening, and then I think there was another one of altar ministry, so what I'm seeing is there, because I want us to pray in a minute for the wind of the Spirit to blow across our nation to connect these brush fires, okay? You think about a brush fire, when, when there's fire danger, it's because there's dry brush. There's been a drought. There's been a dryness. And college students, mostly Gen Z college students, have gone Asbury, gone to these places, they've been lit on fire, and they're going back to, to start fires on these college campuses, churches that have been dry. And now, how many of you have heard of this new film, The Jesus Revolution? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Okay, Kyle, you took the group yesterday? Okay. What a cool timing. To, what a fire timing to have this movie come out uh, right at the time. It's chronicling this Jesus revolution of, I don't know how many people got saved during the 70s. All I know is a high school student, the Doobie Brothers had a song called Jesus is Just All Right With Me. And then my friends started witnessing to me going, and then they stop in the middle, Jesus, he's, your, he's my friend and that's my first time someone witnessed to me. It said, Jesus can be your friend. It's like, what? You know, then I got saved the next year, born again. So, um, but you know what I'm seeing? I believe there are going to be spontaneous evangelists coming out of movie theaters and seeing people on the streets get saved from coming out of that theater. That happened yesterday. Two people got saved. We evangelized in the mall yesterday. 
That happened yesterday. Two people got saved. You wouldn't evangelize. You haven't told me. Let's stand up right now. Let's stand up and pray and ask for the wind of the Spirit of God to blow. Scripture says, awake, awake, O north wind. Okay, that's a, a Song of Solomon. That tells me that intercessors can call for the wind to blow. It's not just a whole sovereign thing. Oh, God, if you want to. Saying, no, intercessors, call for an awakening. Ask for the wind. Wind happens when a cold front and a warm front clash. It happens when one thing hits another, causing the wind. Let's pray right now. Father, we thank you for these these, uh, various regional uh, brush fires, and we ask now, awake, awake. Oh, no, just pray it over your family. You don't even get loud right now. Just pray in the Spirit. Let's get, I went to Seoul, Korea. You could hardly hear yourself. The largest church in the world. Yeah, they were just going after it. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Awake, awake. Oh, north wind, blow through my family. Blow through my relatives. Blow out the compromise in my life. Awake, awake, oh, north wind. Release your, your connecting presence. All around Austin, every church, Lord, where they're opening and receiving you, would you strengthen them? I thank you, Lord, for Austin being a city of refuge and revival in the days ahead. Thank you, Lord. And now, Lord, I declare, I want to declare this. I'll say it. I want to declare something, a prayer the Lord put in my heart this last Friday at noon at our our prayer set. Lord, would you make Austin... In Austin and in Lake Travis, would you make woke weird and fire fashionable? Holy Spirit, would you make woke look weird? Like, what is that? And Lord, would you make holy, fiery believers fashionable once again? Make woke weird and fire. Could you just say that with me, some of you? Some of you can go, he's weird too. So, But join with me right now. Let's declare Father God, would you make woke weird in our city? Would you make fire fashionable? Once again, we declare another revolution in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap. Thank you, Lord. Another revolution. Misty Edwards. Misty Edwards used to sing... We need a, there's a holy revolution, and, there, and I have a holy resolution in my soul. So with the revolution, we need a revolution, and I think, I think I'm being summoned. I just you wanted to, yes, I mean, yes, um, here. Okay. So they can hear you around the world. I felt like I was supposed to say this earlier, and I was not. I didn't, but anyway, when we were praying for our children, I don't know if y'all know Erin Archer. She's on the school board here in Lake Travis, and her son broke a vertebrae in his neck on Friday. And we've all been praying, and um, he's out of the hospital, and he's at church this morning. But he's in a brace for a long, t- 
supposedly a long time, but I just feel like Aaron has visibility in the neighborhood and in Lake Travis and her son is a senior in high school and well-liked and has a future and I just, I just feel like we can, it could be a miracle. Can you just pray? Heavenly Father, we just, oh my gosh, we glorify you for who you are. We thank you for your desires for your children. We lift up Andrew to you, Father God. We lift up this opportunity for you to be glorified in his healing, Lord. I pray that it would be the spark in Lake Travis High School that all would see it and everyone would know and glorify your name. We thank you for his parents and their love and their faith in you, Father God. And we just pray that you would touch him and that he would be filled with the Holy Spirit and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. Kyle, uh, did he leave? Okay. All right. What? And you don't have the picture, but what was on the Lake Travis Sports Magazine cover? Sam Self, uh, a football player. The epitome of cool. It said Sam Self, the epitome of cool, and he just radically has given his heart to Jesus. So that's uh, making uh, G- making Jesus cool again. Yeah. So that's that's that uh, make uh, fi- make fire fashionable. Because people really do tend to follow a wave. A lot of us tend to follow stuff, you know. When it's like, hey, you're, you're on, you love Jesus, and you, you know, that, that can be, it's called, it's great, it's positive peer pressure. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I only have a two and a half hour message, so <laughs> we're good. All right, so... Um, I do want to continue. I only I have one verse I really want to highlight today. It's in you've got, you've got the notes, but felt like to continue these guiding verses for 2023 um, because they are um, they are, they weren't just verses I picked because I thought they were cool, but because the the Lord really prophetically said these are what I I want for you as a church, and I don't have a big word for 20, like a prophetic word. The word for 2023 is, you know, victory in 23 or, you know, it's just the word for this year is the word. I mean, God, honestly, guys, God is giving me such a love for the scripture. It's like, it's, I can't wait when I get up. And I'm like, I, this is different. This is I'm so thankful for it, but I'm gonna pray, I'm praying that for us as well. So, and hopefully God will give you some personal guiding verses. But um, so this is this is where I want us to go. Um, you know, the Lord, the Lord actually said, return to uh, the truth. In the middle of the night, he put this impression in my heart. Return to the truth. My word is truth. And I, you know, kept coming in my mind as I woke up throughout the night one night. And I didn't, I, when I woke up in the morning, because, you know, when three in the morning, you're in this woozy, well, I'm going to wake up later and think about that. <clears throat> so I Googled, because I knew there was part of a verse, a verse that said, your word is truth. Um, and so I Googled it, and 
Sure enough, it was actually a familiar passage. It was the prayer of Jesus in John 17. John 17, verse 17, where Jesus, the full verse says, sanctify them. He's praying for us, by the way, for his disciples. And he's right now, he's at the right hand of the Father making intercession. You're laughing. Do you give this saint, did you get this? Well, there you go. So I'm like, but I went, wait a minute. Sancti- he's praying that you will sanctify us by your truth. I thought, that's kind of what you were saying in my heart in the middle of the night when you said return to the truth. Because to return to something is a lot like sanctify. Because the Greek word sanctify the New, New Te- in the New Testament is hagios. And it means to be set apart, to be set apart from something to something else. That's what sanctify means. And so Jesus is praying that we will be set apart from sin and set apart to God. And so basically the the truth of God's word, because then he says your word is truth. The truth of God's word is what sets us apart to God's burning heart. So when we return to the truth of God's word, we are being sanctified by the truth. And so this word is absolute truth. And God is giving us a grace to to return to it with a great love. The word for 2023 is the word. This is absolute truth. In a culture, regardless of the changing morality of a culture, his word remains the same. This word is absolute truth, meaning it's not at the whims of moral relativism. Right? Moral relativism is the opposite of absolute truth. Moral relativism just kind of goes with the wind of culture. It says... In 2023, it says, if little Johnny, eight-year-old Johnny, comes home from school and says, Mom and Dad, I think, I'm, was, I'm, I, think I was born the wrong gender. I think, I'm, I think I'm a girl. Moral relativism says, oh, it's compassionate to say, okay, we will, we will support you in this. We'll start getting you on drugs And one day for your birthday, you can have surgery. That, that's happening. That is demonic. That's not just (laughs) woke. That is evil. That's child abuse. But it's happening. And so we need to return to the truth and call as many people to return to the truth as possible. So... That's what this year is about. The, uh, the uh, cumulative, paragraph B there, the cumulative effect of daily reading the Word and thinking about it with an intentionality that I'm going to obey what I'm reading, that by its very nature sets you apart from the lies you've been believing and sets you into a place where you're positioned to receive the power and presence of God to live victoriously this year. 
It sets you apart from despair and sets you into the joy of the Lord, into the peace of the Lord, into the power of the Lord. I'm watching it happen in my own life as I spend more time with the Word of God. So I want to give you some, you know, today I want to talk about one guiding verse that I believe the Lord, when I say a guiding verse, it's not just for me to say, hey, this is important. These are verses that I take seriously to pray for you regularly. And so the verse today is Matthew 3, verse 10. Now, when I give you the background on this, this is so rocked my world that I've already got my alarm set at 9.31 in the morning to pray Acts 9.31 for us, and then another time in the day. But I'm thinking seriously about at 3.10 in the afternoon setting my phone. So my phone is kind of like my little prayer tap reminder. So if you're talking to me sometime and my phone goes off, it's, I don't stop something, a counseling or something, but I stop, I know normally to stop and pray for that. So Matthew 3.10 is the verse, and uh, it's John the Baptist. God made it very clear to me that, that I was to share this. John the Baptist is talking to the Pharisees because he knows the evil in their hearts, and he knows the, the religious spirit they've got. And he, he says to them, he says, The axe is laid to the roots. Every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Now, I am praying and believing that every bad root in our lives, it's kind of that hidden faults thing I heard earlier, every bad root that's producing bad fruit will be cut in our lives this year. So that's what I'm praying. Not just today, it's not like a one, side, one day and that's it, but through the year, Lord, get all the bad roots in my life out of the way. Because, you know, a lot of us are really sincere about not falling into bad fruit. And you've really tried. It's like, I'm really grieved over this, but I go back to it. I go, and you know what we're doing? <clears throat> we're trying to lop off the bad, rotten peach but we're not dealing with the root that's producing, the rotten root that's producing the rotten peach. And God wants to, through John the Baptist, he's saying <clears throat> there's an axe that we can lay to those bitter roots, those bad roots, to where, wow, a year ago I used to really fall into that thing. <clears throat> I used to really get into that wrong activity or that wrong thought pattern. I don't know how long it's been, but I don't have that going on. It's because the axe got laid to the root. Now, for the sake of time, <clears throat> there's a lot I'm going to skip. And I just want to, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. Where do I go? I'll comment, mm-hmm, repent, <clears throat> oh yeah, <clears throat> here's, here's, the, here's the thing behind it, here's how this, I do want to tell you how this got so strong in me, because the Lord, all throughout much of 2022, the Lord would, 
would put in my heart strongly in the middle of the night. Again, I don't know why middle of the night. Maybe it's because my, my mind is clear or something, you know, but I'll get up or I'll, I'll come get awake. I'll go back to sleep quickly, but the thought will come in something. And it was at least a dozen times in 2022. Read Mark 1.8. Like, okay. After a few times of getting up in the morning and reading, it's, it's where John the Baptist says that I'm going to baptize you with water, but there's one coming who will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Okay. So, you know, after a while, I, I'm like, Lord, I know what Mark 1.8 says, but, he's, but why are you repeating it to me? Am, am I that slow? And then you wonder, you know, like, why are you? It's like he was giving me confidence to proclaim to us that this year we must rely on the divine fuel of the power of the Holy Spirit to be victorious because there is such a darkness that is going to continue to increase. We must not rely on our own, you know, coffee maker with caffeine to fuel us or our own personality type or our own experience or talent. We must humble ourselves and say, fill me again, Holy Spirit. Fill me again. He, Jesus, will not only baptize you <clears throat> once, Acts 1.8 says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, that's what we're talking about. Baptize means to be immersed. I mean, if you know Jesus, you're already a temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says that. He's in you, but daily ask him to come upon you. In, in power, and however that looks, he says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be witnesses. So I was like, great. I shared that on January 1st. I said, here's, the, here's one of our guiding verses, Mark 1.8. Then three weeks ago, he says it again in my heart in the middle of the night. It's like, really? And he's like, yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of how we talk. I talked, and I don't know how much it's accurate, but I'm like, okay, Mark 1.8, I start. So I had planned today to talk about Mark 1.8 again. I had other things about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But then on Tuesday of this week, something really interesting happened. In the middle of the night, I started sensing and hearing. The impression came. Matthew 3, verse 10. Read Matthew 3, 10. And so I didn't think that was a word for us. That was just like, oh, this is exciting. My morning reading time is not going to be boring. I wonder what Matthew 3, 10 says. I mean, I knew we most of us know what Matthew 1 is about. It's the genealogy of Jesus. Matthew 2, I knew that was about the wise men going to the home before Jesus was two years old. I thought... Okay, that's, and Matthew 4, I knew was about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, but I didn't really know it was in Matthew 3. So I'm starting to read Matthew 3, verse 1, 2, 3, and, you know, it's kind of, I'm starting to get excited. I'm not trying to be overly dramatic, but, you know, I was like breathless with anticipation. What's, what's verse 10 going to say? And so it's kind of, I mean, seriously, when you start getting a love for the Word, 
it kind of becomes like the, the discovery channel. You know, what am I going to discover today? Okay, so I get to verse 10. It's the verse we talked about. The Well, that's verse 11, but I get to verse 10, and it's about what I shared. The axe is laid to the roots. But I decided to keep reading because you want to get the context of things. And I was, was like, wow, because verse 11 is... Mark 1.8, except Matthew's saying it in verse 11. Matthew's version, and Matthew does a little bit different. He says, Jesus, bottom line there, John the Baptist says, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So he adds, he will baptize you with fire. So that's how I, how many of you think this is probably something I should proclaim to us, right? It's like, no way. I get Matthew 3.10. I read and the next. It's like, well, Glenn, you only thought you were going to talk about Mark 1.8, but it's actually going to be Matthew 3.10 and 11, okay? So worship team, if you could come up, I'm going to cut right to the chase, <laughs> And, um, and share with you the three, three axes that I see. Here's a beautiful thing. I love this about God. We don't have to navel gaze so much to try to figure out what's going on. You know, you know with like self and now, oh, help me. I need Dr. Phil to tell me all what's going on. And no. It could, the bad fruit is that wrong relationship. It could be a wrong relationship. It could be a wrong mindset. It could be a wrong activity. You know what it is. Because there's a conviction in you. There's something, you know, that's like, this is not right. But the, the beautiful thing I was saying about God is you don't have to know what the root is. You just identify the fruit that's bad and ask the Lord to lay the axe to that root. He knows how to wield that axe. He knows where to put that thing. You just start saying, you know, you start realizing, I don't want this anymore or help me to deal with this. And then let, then let him wield the axe. I woke up this morning, sometime this morning, I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what's on your heart for us today? And I loved it. I've never heard this before for our meetings, but I usually ask him what's on his heart. I said, what's on your heart today? He said, I'm fighting for their greatness. The one who bled for you is the one who's fighting for you. He's fighting for you, not just so you can skate into heaven, Steve. He's fighting for you, for all the greatness, all the destiny that he put in you and called you to, that holy calling. He doesn't want any of those cities in the promised land to go unconquered. 
He led you in a land of promises and he wants you to walk in and, 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 and experience and enjoy every promise he has for you. He is fighting for your greatness. And so let's agree, the one who bled for you fights for you. So here are the three axes that I see. They're in your notes. The first one is when we confess the word of God. When we confess our sin and we confess the word of God. There it is. I want to say it right. I'll just kind of go through these quickly. Yeah, confessing our sin and declaring the truth of God's word over our life. Confess your sin and declare the truth of God's word. Whatever that bad fruit is, declare the truth of God's word that's, that's opposite of that. Like, Lord, I have this problem with complaining. Lord, I declare you that, that, that my lips, what I come, the words of my mouth will be pleasing to you. That's an ax that cuts the root. Y'all follow me? But remember Jesus said when he was tempted in Matthew 4, it is written, he was pulling out the sword. You see, the axe, the second one there, is the word of God. Hebrews 4.12, it's in your notes, is a sharp two-edged sword. But it doesn't really do us that much good if it doesn't come out of our mouth. It's good, but when you declare it, you're taking the axe to the root. So talk to him. Declare the word. 1 John 1, 9 says, If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cut the root of all unrighteousness. That's my, that's my new translation for that. To cleanse us. To, to lay the axe to the root when we confess. There's already been some confession today. But I believe the Lord wants to bring up some things that may be stumbling blocks to your greatness and to my greatness. We're going to go into worship now. Just for a few minutes, you don't need to stand. We're not going to respond other than let the, the Bible says Judah plows. Judah means praise. Let's let praise and worship tenderize us and plow our hearts, maybe even bring up anything that may need to be dealt with, any kind of root. But let's approach the Lord with a humble heart. Let's approach the Lord with an open heart. It's in your notes, but the third axe is wisdom. Ecclesiastes 10.10 describes wisdom as an axe. And when God, God may give you wisdom today, ask him for wisdom. Because you know what I found? This is the, you know what I found when I got, get wisdom from God? It delivers me from futility. 
from futile, time-wasting, frustrating, why did I get myself into that? I should have said no to that thing. (laughs) I got snared by the words of my mouth. Lord, give me wisdom. That's an ax that can be laid to a root. Let's just open our hearts to the Lord. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.